Good morning. Good morning, angels and saints. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> but it's true. You know, we go through life and we understand all sorts of different things about ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, and our struggles, our successes, things where we have uh, a lot of um, success. For myself, I'm not an organized person. I need helps, things to get me through life, things to... So... I write notes and I take notes, I type notes, I print notes, I make notes on my notes, and uh, we have all sorts of little helps. There's things up here that we need to deal with, but there are also other things in life that makes life simpler. Contact lenses. They make our life simpler, right? So I put my contact, and it's really new to me uh, because I've, I've never tried contacts before. So I arrive here, and it feels like there's something going on, and I'm like, all the ladies are like, hi. hi, hi. <laughs> <clears throat> so I have everything in my jacket because it was kind of irritating me earlier as well. So I have my, my contact stuff to, to bring with me just in case. So I get my jacket on because it would be kind of wrong for me to carry a purse, but... Uh, uh, so I got everything stuffed in my jacket. So I put my jacket back on and, and Paul and Christina are like, come back, come back. And, and I said, no, I'm just fixing my contact. So it's okay. I'm staying, I'm prepared. But in that process, I forgot where I put my notes. So I'm running around looking for my notes and I'm really confused and, uh, uh, I'm feeling very unprepared, even though I've kind of prepared for today. But uh, something that um, is very near and dear to my heart is sharing my life and my faith and whom my faith rests in with those who are lost. One of the, one of the things about this video about downtown east side, I remember going down there as a kid when it wasn't downtown east side. It wasn't East Van. It was just East Van. You know, it was a place where you went shopping, where you found stuff and got prepared for school. I don't really know why I liked it that much then. I guess I liked school or maybe I liked shopping. But um, I have a good friend who lives down there. He ministers to a lot of the same people that this group does. He has a lot of names in his heart of people that he shared his faith with. People who he shared the love of Christ with. My saints and angels, I have a list of names here as well. Jarek Yunivich from Klebovia, Poland. Klaus and Claudia. Klaus Zualt. He's a guy I call Kollega, because that's all he could say was Kollega. He didn't know how to speak German. He couldn't speak English. 
but he looked at me with colega. He felt an affinity with me. But that's all we ever shared in words. There's another guy. I was uh, driving somewhere, and I picked this guy up, and uh, he was from the East Coast, and I call him Rock Bottom Boland. Um, he was a believer, and I encouraged him to step out of the life that he was living to live for Christ again. Why reach rock bottom? And he says, that's just the way I am. And I said, you don't need to be that person. There's a guy named Diesel. He got that name because of a drink that uh, him and his friends concocted that uh, killed quite a number of people on the streets. This First Nations lady I met in Regina I was on a street evangelism team with uh, with uh, my Bible college, Miller College of the Bible, and um, we had a conversation, and it turned out she was actually from Vancouver Island, and uh, I asked her uh, which uh, nation she came from, and it turned out that uh, she was from Penelicate, where I come from as well, and uh, I just thought that was really interesting how God brought us together, you know. I always thought that street evangelism was about me going out and being this really cool Christian guy telling people about Jesus. But it was more than that. When I was in Lancaster, England in 1985, I met a man named Andrew. And Andrew just stood. I was on a street evangelism team uh, with uh, the Cape Canary Hall group that I was with, and uh, Andrew would stand off to the side while the music and plays and skits went on, and I watched him for about three months, and he would always be there faithfully in the same spot, and I decided I was going to go talk to the man, and I just looked at him, and it was a really brief conversation, and I just asked him his name, and he told me it's Andrew, and I said, so uh, you're here all the time, why? That's why I enjoy the, the show. And he says, well, it's more than a show. It's about uh, accepting Christ into your life. And, you know, you've been coming here. You've heard the messages. Uh, what do you think? He says, well, I could never, ever become a Christian. I said, why not? Because I would have to change my life. There's another guy I met in Leipzig. Never, ever got his name he walked up to me. He was a street person. He walked up to me and he just got in my face and and like right here. And uh, he growls kind of at me. He says, are you my brother? And I'm just like, mm, no. Uh, and I tried to talk to him and, and, then, uh, and then a friend of mine, he says, what happened there? Were you guys were you you know, it's like, I said, well, he just came up and started talking to me. He's like, that guy came up and talked to you? He's mute. And I said, no, he's not. He talked to me. And it ended up that whole day we went and searched for this guy, but he just disappeared on us. I've got a lot more stories about people like that. And it makes me think about um, 
the commercial Capital One. Do you guys know the Capital One commercials when you got this kind of really creepy guy that's asking what's in your wallet? That's what it made me think of when I started preparing for this, is what's in your wallet? But I changed that over to what's in your heart? Who's in your heart? What's written on the tablet of your life? These people. I don't know them, but they're there. That's not of my accord. Christ put them there. They remain there. I pray for them. You, my friends, my angels and my saints, I read this to you. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in mind and in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Are there any accountants here? Doctors? Counselors? Anybody else? Whatever your profession may be, I'm telling you today, that's secondary. Your profession and your vocation is secondary. You may not be called as an evangelist as Philip was. You may not be called to witness as Stephen did. He was a martyr. They were contemporaries. They were called together. There were five others. They suffered. They suffered under the hand of a man named Saul, who gave hearty agreement to the stoning of Saul in his death. We are called to endure hardships. I don't think any of us have faced being stoned (laughs) with rocks. We've never been stoned for sharing our faith. We may have been mocked or teased or picked on. Or maybe we've never actually gone out and said, hey, you know, Jesus loves you. We may have not had that opportunity. But let me tell you this. Our lives are not our own, as the song said earlier. 
we belong to the mighty and holy God. And he has bestowed on us that holiness through his Son and through his Holy Spirit. The correlation of the words holy and saints is very close. You are holy, you are saints, and that's why I greeted you that way. I also called you angels because there is a correlation between angels and being an evangelist. And each and every one of us is to be that person in Christ's name. I want to tell you a little story. And this is where I cheat. I've got cheats. So just pretend that this isn't here, but it's actually here. So this gentleman... He was an older man, about 90 years old. He's telling a story to a lady, and she's documenting the story. And it's a creation story. And this creation was from the stories of the Okanagan people. In the beginning, it was really dark. There was only darkness and water. But Hales, he changed that. He changed it. He made the sun. He thought, and it was. He didn't use a hammer or a knife. It just was. Then there was the sun, and you could see the water. And because of the sun came life out of the water, a bush and then leaves and blossoms. Kale said, we need more life here. We need people. So he took a leaf, four leaves, but two were stuck together. From those two, there were twins. He'll just call them twins. So the first was China. The second was India. Then there was Russia. Then there were the two twins. The older was in North America, the Indians. And then there was Europe. Now, take a leap in the story. Creator asked, the people that he made. We need more than just a leaf to live on. What should we do? And they were kind of, mm. okay, we'll make the world. I need you to dive into the water and bring back soil. We'll make the earth with that. So the first brother jumps in, comes up, <gasps> nothing. I didn't get anything. Second, same thing. Third, same thing. Fourth brother dives in and reaches the bottom and he scrapes. And he comes back up and he knows he has dirt in his fingers. But he doesn't say anything. Nothing, nothing. And I don't know why he didn't just say, look, 
Maybe he just wanted to help his little brother feel good about himself. And these two are looking at each other, my boys, and it's like, hmm. So, Creator sends the little brother, the second twin. He dives down and he comes up, nothing. But Creator knew the older brother, the older twin, had something. He says, open your hand. See nothing. No, the other hand. And he took the soil and he said, why didn't you say? Hmm. We will make the world out of this. Why do I tell you the story? Because the twins, they're very important to our story in North America. Twins, white and Indian, they should be the closest but we see the political situation in Canada. It has been like this. Two separate entities upon colonization started off close, but things became very distant. The younger brother, creator granted them logic and reason, recording documents, and that's the way he made them. I'm kind of transposing this story. And the Indian brother, as, as the story is told, the Indian brother had life on the land and he understood living with what you need. So they came together again and then the one with the documents and the papers hurt the other. And then there was that separation again. This one used those documents, used biblical teaching, used the name of Christ in a wrong way. But the story doesn't end. So this was a post-colonial story. And it still is. So we are moving into a new story Every one of us, as evangelists, we are moving into a new era where we can recognize that brotherhood as designed by the Creator. Isn't that a, an amen-worthy statement? It's exciting. There are a lot of names written on my heart, as there are with you. We have family and loved ones. We also have a community around us that need to know the love of Christ. Do your part as evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. To be an evangelist, we don't need to be called. We just need to be. It's been my good pleasure to be called. Vocationally, I guess in some ways I'm Philip, to be an evangelist. 
to proclaim the mighty power that Christ has for people. God entrusts to us many things, but this is the most important thing. We of Reformed theology think of tulip. I wrote it down somewhere, but uh, where did I put it? I can't remember. But, uh, oh yeah, here, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. It's good theology. I mean, we wouldn't be here if we didn't have it. But there have been many a church problems because of different ideas and and this and that. That's not me. I, I can't get into those arguments or discussions. My concern are these two lips. What am I doing? What am I saying to help people in their life journey? If discussing tulip with somebody and reasoning with them in certain ways is a springboard or a platform to them having a closer relationship to Christ, I will have those conversations. But I think it's more important that I just speak the words of love, that I live the words of love and evangelize with every part of my being, whether that be on a hunting trip or a canoe trip or uh, distributing food, going on ski trips, So these acquaintances of mine, Yarek, Klaus, Claudia, Klaus, Kollega, Rock Bottom, Diesel, Ms. Jack, Andrew, I could list for you almost 500 people on Penelicut Island, Nanaimo, Stamanus, Nanus, people that are dear to me. Use my life, use my words. I think I'm being a pretty pretty okay messenger. I think I'm doing all right. And I hope you feel the same. Each of us, with our strengths and our differences, I remember when... Uh, Chelsea was uh, preaching on the Belhar Confessions. That first day she did it, I'm just like, Confessions. Because I'm not wired that way. I'm not wired. And and, uh, we were talking about it because uh, it's like, I applaud her for that. It's hard for me to go down that road. And as we're talking, Maxine Crofton comes over and it's like, Confessions! I love these things. And it's like, we're so different. We're so different, but our goals are the same. The springboard and the platform of how we go about sharing the love of Christ. I can't save, you can't save. But we need to do something so that people know 
about the death and resurrection of Christ. Because salvation belongs to the Lord. It does not belong to us. And I need to do my duty in love. It has been a privilege to do that. And it will continue to be. It's exciting. I love the leaps and bounds that we take in sharing Christ's love. The openness of my community on Penelicate Island. I hate the humdrum. It's like waiting. It's like, what's happening? But in that time, I have to realize that God's working. It's not about me. It's about our Creator. What's in your wallet? What's in your heart? I encourage you because you have it within you to be evangelists, to change the world, to change your community, to change your neighborhood, to change your family. Endure those hard times. There's a lot of character in this room and characters. Even though I'm disorganized, scatterbrained, confused sometimes, more than sometimes, <laughs> God can use that. He can use me even though I make mistakes. I say stupid things that you may look down on or frown on. And I regret making mistakes, but when God can take that mistake and turn it around for his good use and pleasure, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I've got tons of other stuff in my head. Um, But I do have some filters, so I won't say them. Um, I believe that I believe that we will progress as a community, Christ community, in a really good way. And in some ways, as I was preparing this, I was thinking, this is kind of my propaganda as well. This this is propaganda that. I want to present to you because after this service, we're going to be having kind of a a conversation on what Christina and my roots colleagues are uh, doing on Penelicate Island. If you're interested, or even if you're not interested, you know, come, come afterwards. I think there's going to be coffee and tea and that type of stuff. At least I hope there is. And we can talk. We don't necessarily have a presentation per se, but we want to have a dialogue and conversation on where we're at and what the needs are. We treasure that because it's us partaking in the gospel together.
So with that, did you want to do the uh, closing first? Or? Okay. So it was really funny. I dreamt the other day, and I told Ben about this. I, I dreamt I walked away from preaching on, on this Sunday morning, and uh, I walked away, and without the parting benediction, you all walked away, and everybody's week just went to crap. <laughs> so I woke, I woke up this morning thinking, i got to do the benediction, i got to do the benediction, and it's like, oh, yeah. So um, typically I don't, I don't typically do this sort of thing, but uh, I, I think God was impressing on my heart that it is important. Because these are his words for you and for me to go forward. May Christ take you in your lives into the place where you were pushed and challenged. You may feel pain, but it's for his benefit, for his blessing, which brings blessings upon you. Go forward in his strength and in his love. Amen.